right, all right. So I'm super excited to have everyone here this morning. Um, it's hard to believe that this is our last week looking at maximized manhood. So we've been going through this process, talk about how God has, uh, God has an amazing promise for us as men. And uh, each one of us, that looks a little different, but Ed Cole paralleled that with how, sorry, my contacts are a little blurry, so I can't see any of you. So if I look weird, it's because I'm looking weird. Um, <laughs> amen. But uh, we've been going through this process, uh, and Ed Cole parallels it with how Israel, when they were called out of Egypt, God didn't call them to complete wandering forever, but he had a destination in mind. Um, and in that, uh, when Israel was called out of Egypt, uh, if, if you're familiar with the Bible story, there were very few people that actually left Egypt that made it into the promised land. And that's because they chose a lifestyle that was not following what God had. And what Ed Cole does is he says, as men, if we don't live our lives in a way that allows the blessing of God to come on our life, then we will miss out. Not that we miss out on salvation. Everyone hear me on this. Salvation is not earned, right? Salvation is not earned. Our salvation is a gift of God. But then apart from that, if we choose to live a lifestyle, there are, there are sometimes the, the results of a lifestyle that we choose to live in. And Ed Cole kind of paints this beautiful picture of as men, we're called to live a godly life. And as we live a godly life, it opens this opportunity for us to enter into what God has for us. So we started out talking about um, how God has a promised land for us. Then, then we went in and we talked about how if God has a promised land, it's gonna take a moment of true repentance, Coming to the point, not where we're start, not where we're sorry for the results of our decisions, but we're actually sorry for the times that we choose to not obey what God has for us. Talking about true repentance, uh, we we then talked about last week. Uh, we talked about the buck stops here, uh, meaning we're going to take and we're going to take responsibility for the things that are happening in our life. Not that everything is our responsibility, but when it was our choice, we're going to choose to take responsibility for that. And then today we're going to talk about it's a hard thing. Everyone say it's a hard thing. Let me, let me be honest with you for a minute. Uh, when you're asked to teach on something or you choose to teach on something, sometimes uh, the devil wants to bring attacks that hit in that area. I'll give you an example of this that doesn't have to do with today, but um, my wife have been asked, my wife and I have been asked to talk about marriage at different places in different settings. And oftentimes when you're asked to talk about marriage, there will come moments where the devil will try to attack your marriage because he wants to, he wants to disrupt what God's trying to do, right? So um, when you're talking about it's a heart thing, this, this weekend was just a little bit of a challenge for me walking through uh, just different things in my life. And it came down to like, whoa, 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 Tim, it's not about the external things that are going on, but it's about bringing it back to the heart and what's going on in your heart. Guys, we have to realize that it's about what's going on in our heart. So oftentimes, uh, we will take and, um, <laughs> how can I say this? We like to change fruit. 
There's, there's a story of a guy who's in a kitchen and, uh, and his wife is there and there's this apple tree in the backyard that's just not producing apples. It's just not working at all. Year after year after year, this tree never produces apples and this guy is becoming defensive and he's like, no, we just gotta do certain things. We just gotta take care of it. We just gotta get it going. But it's not producing the fruit that it's supposed to produce. So he's sitting there one day and he's getting all frustrated and his wife's getting all frustrated and he grabs some apples and he's like, honey, I'm gonna go fix the apple tree. And he grabs the apple and then he goes in the, and he grabs an air nailer. And he walks out to that tree. He walks out to the tree. He grabs the air nailer. He takes the apple. And he, na- he nails that apple onto that tree. And he fixed he fix the tree, right? Because if he looks out of that tree, there is a nice, fully ripe, apple sitting on that branch let's talk about this if I go set this outside what's this apple going to look like in in a day it's going to look like an apple what's this apple going to look like in a week you know it may look like an apple might not feel like an apple. What's this apple going to look like in a month? Men, if all we're doing is apple nailing fruit in our life, we're missing it. Because so often as men, we could sit there and look and say, you want to know what? It's, it's, it's all about just making sure on the outside, I look like I'm doing good. Making sure I look like on the outside, like everything's, everything's going all right. But there's more to it than that. Check out what Matthew chapter 7 says. Matthew chapter 7, I've got verses 15 through 20. I'm not sure if they're going to be up there, but um, it says, Watch out false prophets. They come, in, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are furious, or furious wolves. But their fruit... You will rec- by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And then watch what it says. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot, I'm gonna say that again. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Men, if all we're doing, if all we're doing is taking and manipulating ourselves so that we appear on the outside to be doing what's right, we're missing it. And this whole series about God has a promise for you and you gotta, you gotta live a lifestyle that opens that up and we have, to, we have to come to a point of true repentance and we have, to, we have to take responsibility and the buck stops here. It all boils down to this very moment where we say, it's not about manipulating myself, but it's about getting down to the inside 
to the heart and say, what is going on beneath? Because if I'm a good tree, I'm going to then begin to produce good fruit. Now, let me ask you as a question, how many perfect people have ever walked this earth? One. I remember having a conversation with Pastor Dwayne uh, a couple years ago and talk about theology. And uh, I came to this point and the Lord kind of, kind of pointed some things out in me. And, you know, oftentimes we can think our theology is perfect. There was one person with perfect theology. There's one person that ever walked this earth perfectly. So by saying all of us declaring there's one perfect person, all of us recognize that we're, have made mistakes and we're going to make more mistakes. It's not about perfection, but it's about getting down to the heart and say, what's going on inside? If I'm dealing with anger and frustration, I don't want to just force myself to be happy and joyful all the time. That's just putting a mask on and walking out that in, in a way that's just manipulation of myself. Instead, I got to say, where's that anger and where's that frustration coming from? Maybe it's coming from deep down inside. There's an insecurity inside of me. And I'm walking in insecurity. Therefore, I'm frustrated or I'm angry. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we partnered up with a ministry a while ago called Freedom Ministry. And we've taken a lot of their concepts and brought them into different ministries inside of our, our church. And one of, the, one of the, the courses that I took in Freedom Ministry this was probably 15 years ago. Uh, one of the guys said something, and I, have you guys ever heard something in a message and you get frustrated until they say the next sentence? This was one of those moments for me. This person said, Jesus didn't come to solve the sin problem. And everything in me is like, wait, what? And then the next statement was, in coming, Jesus solved the sin problem, but that isn't why Jesus came. The reason Jesus came is Jesus came to solve an identity problem. And in solving that identity problem, he solved the sin problem. He took care of sin. He paid the price for sin. But if we're just going through trying to live a sinless life, we're going to miss it. We need to come to a point where as men, we come and we want to live a life fully in the identity that God has for us and that working out. We need to come to a point where we say it's more about the identity inside of me, inside of my heart, than it is about walking out good fruit. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to keep nailing apples to a tree over and over again, hoping that it, people see a good apple tree. I want to come to a point where I begin to produce healthy apples. It comes down to this. What happens on the outside is always an expression of what is happening on the inside. What happens on the outside is always an expression of what's happening on the inside. So we come to this point where we say, how's my heart doing? In Psalms 139, there's the best prayer of, and I've said it several times in this series, and it comes up now again. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. It's this moment where we get honest before the Lord and say, God, you see things that I don't see. And I want to come to a moment where I'm fully submitted to you, Lord, and I want you to point out anything in me. It goes on to say, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting 
life. Simon Sinek, who uh, became popular several years ago, he says, it starts with the why. Why am I doing this? Why is this going on in my life? Not what, but why? Why am I in this moment? What's going on? Uh, From Rafiki, from Lion King, we have to look harder, right? We have to come to a moment where we look harder into ourselves and say, what is going on? We need to stop apple nailing and get to what's going on inside of our heart. If you look at Jewish writings, uh, the definition of the heart is it's the decision maker of your life. Heart and mind are very similar in the Bible. We make choices in our heart. Our heart is where our lives are birthed out of. Proverbs 4.23 says, search me, uh, sorry, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Jeremiah 17.10, God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the minds to reward each person according to their conduct. The other day I was reading this verse and I'm like, what did I just say? Because if I want to reward my kids according to their conduct, what do I do? I look at their conduct. (laughs) Do you know God cares about your conduct, but he cares about your heart way more? And he says that when he wants to reward us according to our conduct or our actions, where does he look? He looks at our heart. Do you know how much grace God gives in the fact that he realizes that we live in a broken, messed up world? So when he wants to examine our conduct, he doesn't look at our conduct, he looks at our heart. Have you guys ever done something that you wish you didn't do? (laughs) Right? Isn't it good that in those moments, God doesn't look at our conduct, he looks at our heart. How, How great it is that God... God, God judges us based on our intentions more than on our actions. Because I mess up. Paul, who wrote most of the New, New Testament, most of the books in the New Testament, he said, the things that I absolutely hate is what I actually end up doing. And the things that I really want to do, I can't do on my own. It's this beautiful thing of like God says, what's going on in the heart? I'll bring back an illustration from from last week. David, we look at King David in the Old Testament. We say, man, that's the guy I want to be like. There's some ways that I want to be like David, but David stole the man's wife, had him killed to cover up the adultery that he had done with her. Yet we look at him and we're like, that's that's the, the man after God's own heart. Why? Because David's heart stayed soft to the Lord. Men, more than our actions, we need to be conscious of how our heart's doing. We need to examine our hearts. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Uh, I want to real quick mention, there is an incredible chapter, or there's there's a lot of incredible chapters in this book, Maximize Manhood. If you're you're not reading Maximize Manhood, uh, I would encourage you to read it. Some of the things he goes through on marriage are are incredible. 
Men, if our marriage doesn't look like a representation of heaven, because that's what our marriage is supposed to represent. Men, if, if we're walking in frustration with our spouse, with our wives, we need to go to our heart and say, what's going on in our heart? If we're walking in anger, we need to go to our heart. If we're looking at pornography, we need to go to our heart. I'll have men come to me and talk about, you know, dealing with pornography and they'll say, you know, I'm getting all these internet filters and I'm, I'm getting some accountability and I look at them and I say, that's awesome, do it. But that's not the end. You gotta go to the heart. Why is that desire there? Why is that anger there? Why is that frustration there? Why is that lusting there? Why is that, why is that lying there? Oftentimes the problem isn't the problem. You think about you think about alcoholism. There's a lot of men that deal with alcoholism. You want to know what alcoholism is? It's a bad solution to a problem. If you're walking around broken and hurting on the inside, alcoholism is going to numb that. It's going to mess you up in other ways, but it's going to numb that. Man, we got to go to what the root problem is. We have to examine the roots. We have to go to our heart. We need to come to a point that we realize that the outward actions is a representation of what's going on on the inside. Amen? This is what I want to do. I want to hop in a second into table discussion. I got three questions that we're going to dive into. But before we do that, can I get everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads? We've gone through all this teaching if this is your first time, this is your first time. If you've been here a little bit, we've gone through teachings of what God has for us. But men, it all comes to a point where how are we doing at walking with the Lord? It all starts with having Jesus be our Lord and our Savior. And I want to open up a moment right now where if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you can make that decision right now. There's also some men in here that might need to say, you want to know what? I've made that decision in the past, but I've wandered away, and today I want to come back. So I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, either one of those, you've walked with the Lord for a while, and then you walked away, and you want to come back, or the second one is you've never done it before, and today you want to choose to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. When I count to three, I want you to raise up your hands if that's you. One, two, three. Raise up your hands if that's you right now. This is what I want to do. I'm going to have everyone repeat after me and say, Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Jesus, make me more like you. I acknowledge that I've messed up, that I've made mistakes, but I realize that you paid the price for those mistakes on the cross. So I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen. Come on, can you guys give, give God some, a hand? There you go. This is what I want to do. 
I want to hop over into a moment of table discussion. This is what I want you to talk about. In what ways or what are the ways that you see people apple nailing in their life? Let me read that again. What are the ways that you see people apple nailing in their life? The second question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how's your heart doing? That's just a simple numerical number. 1 to 10, how's your heart doing? The third one is, read real quick Jeremiah 17.10, which I referenced in this verse. Is there an area of your life that you need to get to the heart? Is there an area of your life that you need to get to the heart, to examine the heart? I'll read them again real quick so we got them. What are the ways that you see people apple nailing in their life? Second one, on a scale of 1 to 10, how is your heart doing? Third one, read Jeremiah 17, 10, and is there an area of your life that you need to get to the heart? We'll go in, we got 20 minutes for table discussion, and then I'll come back up here. All right, all right. Hey, if you could bring your attention up here real quick, um, I'll be short and sweet, but I wanna uh, let you know it is 7.30, but before I do, the men's rally, this is coming up on March 23rd. You want to be at this. It's gonna be incredible. Yesterday, I got a chance to talk with Pastor Tim uh, Forstoff, who's gonna be teaching at it. He was here in, in building, so we got a chance to catch up real quick. But this is gonna impact your life. We talk, we talk about this, right? Apple nailing? <laughs> I can relate to this. We talk about apple nailing. This is going to help get to the heart of what's going on. And when you get to the heart, it's going to impact every area of your life. If you're a husband and you're, you're married, uh, this is going to impact your marriage. If you're, if you got kids, you're a father, this is going to impact how you, you interact with your father. So you want to be at this again, it's about an hour and a little bit away. So gather here in the parking lot, kind of park on the outside of the parking lot. Um, and carpool up there, but men's rally, March 23rd. Cool.